Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. This is the holiday week edition of the PGP. You can always subscribe to us on iTunes. And then find us on the website as well, DAOnCBS.com. Now that the 12 DAs are over, it is time to come forward and decide whether we got it right. Mraz, number one, the Chipotle rant. Number two was the Geography B. I still believe the Geography B needed to be number one. I thought it before. You won't let it go. I thought, I thought it before we did this. I thought it when I ranked them initially. We talked about it as we got into it. And when, all, when the dust cleared, I stand by it. Interesting. See, I thought about this a lot last night after Tuesday's show. Good. When number one played. If we are going by the criteria, now that I look back, that... And I think you bring up a good point with this. You cannot write the history of the DA show without insert moment here, right? Correct. I think that we got both number one and number two wrong, and I don't think either of the one, either of them are the ones you're talking about. I think number one then should have been Joey Chestnut with Matt Stoney in that awkward moment because I think that is the most memorable and most legendary moment that we will talk about 10 years from now from the year in the DA show. May not have been the funniest, but I think then in reality that probably should have been number one. And number two for me probably is the breaking bad news with Waller. And then I insert the Chipotle rant, Geography B, and Chicken Challenge in whatever wow. order you want three so to five. You're, you're busting up the one, two. I'm ripping apart everything. Is that right? And it's almost sad how much thought I put into this on my drive home <laughs> and a lot this morning when I woke up. I really thought about that. If that's the criteria we're going to use... I think maybe we should put an asterisk on that. Okay. I think then it becomes pretty clear what the number one is, and for me what the number two is, I think we're, we're barking up the wrong tree on both the number one and two. Well, on your point about Matt Stoney and Joey Chestnut not eating hot dogs, it's true. That was the most kind of ground-shaking moment because we had these competitive eaters in the studio. We had this whole thing lined up, and they refused. They were caught in a lie. It got awkward. It was almost like a movie. It was almost like a drama, a suspense movie. Yes. And so from a memorable standpoint, we'll always remember that those guys busted out on us. However, I mean, isn't the Geography B also in that conversation? Because we've never had a Geography B. We might sure. never have a Geography B again. But I've been stupid on the show before. Well, that's true. I mean, let's be fair. It's I'm true. not the brightest guy. I understand. I embrace it. I'll argue this. Anytime you watch the hot dog eating contest on TV or anytime the 4th of July comes up, 
We will always go. Remember that time Joey Chestnut and Matt Stoney were in studio and they refused to eat hot dogs? Yeah. Like, at least for as long as their eating careers go, yeah. right? Yeah. Number two, to back up the Chipotle point, anytime I'm in a Chipotle now, and I bet you there's a few listeners, anytime they look at a Chipotle now, they will go, man, Mraz, you know, really went nuts. He would drop dead without those burritos. What is that point? I mean, anytime you fly to Brazil, you're going to think that Mraz thought they spoke Egyptian? Well... <laughs> That's where these moments live with the with the listeners mm, and with us. Mm, I see what you're saying. Well, like you're going to think of the DA show when you think of like the hot dog eating contest when you think of Chipotle. I don't. The geography be as great as it was. I feel like I'm 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 destroying it, <clears throat> and I'm really not trying to be. I just don't think it has that seminal, memorable. Uh, yes, we're always remember. I said Egyptian. Okay, so but why, it doesn't. It doesn't claim. It won't pop into our head randomly over moments. So why did Breaking Bad News for you become number two? Because we do Breaking Bad News every couple of months. Why? Because I distinctly, for me personally, will be, I will never forget where I was with that moment. I'll never forget that that was a moment I laughed the entire ride home from the show. Now, maybe our listeners don't have that that same mindset. And then when we reheard it, that was the 112 DA we played where as I popped in my head randomly on the ride home from work that night or when I woke up the next morning, I could not stop laughing. It's arguably the funniest moment in DA right. show history. So I think I'm I'm giving it a little bump with the funny with the memorable, but like I feel like anytime I I see Waller strolling to do breaking bad news, I'm just going to think about that day. It's arguably the funniest moment in DA show history and I think you could argue it's one of the funniest moments in CBS Sports Radio history. For sure. And I think it holds the test of time because now it's been so many months later and I still have to hold and you too hold my sides laughing. Now, I wonder, though, do you think that we value it more than the listeners do? Because I bet we, you we do. Because we know Waller? I bet you we because do. Because a lot of this is Waller's idiosyncrasies. We probably do. And, and the listeners would have to answer that question. So that's probably unfair. And maybe I'm thinking of that selfishly. We probably value a Breaking Bad News moment with Waller more because we know him personally. And how many times have we done Breaking Bad News where we laugh and we think it's a great bit, but the ongoing sentence every time it ends is, we have no idea if you guys like this, we have no idea if this works, but we find it funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, here's the, here is what I originally graded down the Chipotle rant for, and I think I might have put it at three, maybe four. And it was because... You have melted down over food before, and we even had another version of that in this year's 12 DAs with you ripping Joe D about not eating ice cream. Mm. We also had you melting down. We didn't even put this on the 12 DAs, but I had this in my notes. I keep little notes every so often about the show. In my notes, you melted down about pizza, about how you were eating too much pizza, and it was making you terribly fat, and you started to feel bad about yourself. And that was last December, and you had really started kind of emotionally breaking down on that point. Remember when you were breaking down about how you felt ugly, that you had looked in the mirror and realized that you were ugly? These are all kinds Boy, this of- trip down memory lane is not pretty for me. <laughs> These are all kind of wrapped up in the same idea that there's some type of food slash identity slash crisis in your life. <laughs> And that's why the Chipotle rant, while probably the best of your food rants. Especially because we're, you know, Chipotle is always going to have this tarnished blemish on their record (laughs) of the neuroviruses or whatever. And there was only one guy out there in radio defending them. That was me. So it's kind of... Kind of like Belichick Spygate. Right, here. exactly. Yeah. I'm Michael Lombardi when it comes to Belichick <laughs> and Spygate. I mean, we even on this PGP interviewed 
Shane from Chipotle. Yeah, the actual PR. guy who runs the Twitter account at Chipotle tweets. And by the way, they still follow me. And they catered us 20 burritos because of this. Yes, we got a whole ca- a lot stemmed from that. Yeah, it did. So I just, but here's the thing. The I, DA show will forever be linked to the Chipotle neurovirus scandal. Put it that way. No other radio show nationally <laughs> was really hammering it like we were. To me, the magic of your Chipotle rant is not just that you're in crisis, that somehow Chipotle is going to be taken away from you. It is your anger that I am provoking yes. Chipotle going away. That dynamic is so spectacular as though I have some outsized influence on like the national brand of Chipotle. You had the power. As long as you're there in front of the microphone on 180 affiliates every night, there are people listening and people not going to Chipotle to spend their dollars. And you were terrified of that. Yes, and that's I had to step in there. That was You had to step That was in. a panic move. I had to step in and plant my flag and let everybody know it was going to be okay and there's going to be people like me who would drop dead without it. Are you feeling better about the future of Chipotle? Oh, Chipotle's going strong. Every Chipotle I pass now, I always see plenty of people in there. <laughs> Uh, they're coming back. They could still come back a little more, but little by little, brick by brick, Chipotle is going to be a okay. You know, B Dub, my uh, close friend from Kansas City, who used to work on the show and is now um, now a loyal listener out in KC, was listening last night, and he said, "You know what, Da, you're right. Chipotle's quality has gone downhill. Oh, it's not on. the same anymore." Now, B Dub is a big boy. You know, I mean, he smokes tons of ribs. He's like a barbecue connoisseur. He's a chef. He's a He knows food. Probably the man in America I'm most jealous of, just based <laughs> on following his Instagram account. <laughs> and, you know, he thinks that it's going downhill, so it's not just me. Yeah, okay. And he's got some... And let's do the link there. He's got some food integrity. Let's do the link there. He's one of your good friends, yeah. a listener to the show. Yeah. He hears you say it, then it starts to click on him, and this is what I was talking about, because now there are other listeners out there who are chain reaction, then they're going to start playing the mental game in their head. It is going downhill, when in reality it's not. It's all a mind trick. Well, maybe it is going downhill, but you just want to push back with your PR campaign. Well, I'm just showing you. I eat a Chipotle. I'm having the same bowl I had 10 years ago. Would you admit, though, if it was going downhill? Yes, I would. And I, I don't th- know if you would because think- you're so fearful no, that it no, would no. go away. I will say this. Looking back and knowing now that Chipotle is going to be okay, in that two-month neurovirus scandal, I do admit that the quality seemed to go downhill only because of something we discussed. The turnover, the less people in there. Chipotle survives on quick turnover of food. Mm. It seemed like they would make that chicken <laughs> at 11 a.m. It'd still be sitting there at 4 p.m. Before we wrap up this 12 DAs, well, before we wrap up this PGP. The post-game show. Yeah, I wanted to just see where your head was at after our um, annual Christmas dinner with the staff, and we ate Chinese food, and I introduced you to pork buns. You had never seen or heard of pork buns. For those that don't know, at Chinese restaurants, they're like a, a fluffy white doughy ball, and in the middle is roasted steamed pork almost like boneless spare ribs you would get at a chinese yeah, restaurant yeah and you just tear into them oh it feels like it's something that maybe in mario's world he would pick up like a pork bun yes it's almost like a soft underbaked um some kind of grand's biscuit if you will mm-hmm. with the pork baked into it and i gotta be honest i'd never heard of it mm-hmm. and there's very few fatty unhealthy foods that I'm at least, for even if I haven't tried them, I'm at least not aware of. Yeah, yeah. Pork buns were something that wasn't even on my radar, had no idea they existed, period. And now that, first of all, we ordered them as part of an appetizer with dumplings the whole day before our meals came. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of eating the meals, after we buried the appetizers, I was so infatuated with them, we had to go back for round two on more pork buns. Yeah. 
And now I've spent 48 hours since this dinner thinking about pork buns. <laughs> and really now, I think it's going to become a personal campaign of mine in 2017. Good. To... Uh, try to encourage the Chinese restaurants locally on Long Island who are part of a Chinatown, if you will, part of your neighborhood strip mall to start making pork buns because I think people are missing out. I think there are plenty of suburbanites like me who don't understand the value in pork buns yeah. and they need to be put out there for all to enjoy. I mean, because what is wrong? There, there. If you like fluffy bread, which we all do. Who doesn't? And then if you are going to a Chinese restaurant, pork, I mean, some people might not eat the spare rib pork, but you get pork at almost like 80% of dishes in a Chinese restaurant. For sure. So, I mean, when you think about it, an egg roll almost always has pork in it, unless you get a shrimp egg roll. The fried rice. Fried rice almost always has pork. Your wontons have pork in it. They're using pork a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're ordering chicken dishes that have pork in them as well. Probably, yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, to think that that's going to be, how could you not want a fluffy white bun of toasted goodness with little pork in there? And also versatile because if you're doing a little soy sauce, if you're doing some hot sauce, even some duck sauce, whatever you want to sprinkle on there to juice it up a little bit, moisten it up, Mm. it would all taste good with it as Mm. I was playing around with the flavors on there. (laughs) Pork buns in 2017, Mm -hmm. just they got to go together now. That's your campaign. That is my campaign. Pork buns in 17. Pork buns in 17. (laughs) At this time last year, I was talking about losing weight. Now I'm talking about eating more pork buns. (laughs) Are you going to try to lose weight in 2017? Sure. I lost some weight this year, not as much as you'd like. But, yeah, I mean, I'm always aware. All right. from So from December 31st, 2015 mm-hmm. to December 31st, 2016, you're going to be down. A uh, total of about 15 pounds. Wow. Well, that's very impressive. I'm definitely 15 pounds later, lighter from where I was last Christmas. That's very, very impressive. I mean, it could be more, though. Honestly, if I really had buckled down, I could have made it more like a 30 to 40 pound. 30 to 40? I, I could If I really buckled down. Now, that means yeah. don't slob out every Sunday. That yeah. means, you know, don't have to have beers every Friday and Saturday night, that right. kind of deal. But unfortunately, I'm a man who likes my vices. Hey, if you lost 15 pounds every year, could you imagine in 10 years? Yes, good point. However, you got to work harder as you get older because your metabolism slows down. That's right. So you got to almost double the workout intake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there would be an unhealthy skinny where you you can't get too skinny because then you'd look weird. And I got a big head. You know, the big head would not sit well on a on a skinny body. <laughs> my head wasn't meant to be on a skinny body. You're right. You look like a DJ mixing. Your headphones are slanted off. You're actually hurting my neck looking at you. I'm okay. It's a Doug Gottlieb day, and so the hair has to stay in place. Oh, jeez. I yeah. thought your headphones had broke or something. No, no, no. Okay, I know nobody could see it listening, but I'm looking yeah. at you. It looks like you got a neck crank. So, this is the PGP. <laughs> Happy holidays to all and to all a good night. Your side B is happening now, and we will see you. Well, we'll see you before 2017 because we got another one to do next week. For sure. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome inside the PGP. This is Mraz from the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's a pretty big week, and not just because of the holidays. It's a big week for Hall of Fames. As you know, on Tuesday, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame made its announcement on its finalists. But who cares about that? We care about the fake Hall of Fame, the Notton Hall of Fame. And joining us runs the website, NottonHallOfFame.com, Kirk Buckner. We had him on two years ago to discuss you know, all sorts of movie characters, TV characters, in some of your favorite sports films, especially, and their candidacy into this Hall of Fame, and we have to go over what is a pretty big finalist list again. Kirk, what's up, man? Thank you very much for uh, having me on, it, Sean. I really appreciate this. No, I'm. I appreciate it because it's one thing. I follow you on Twitter at not whole, not in Hall of Fame, and I find this stuff kind of uh, 
kind of interesting because this is the ultimate game you could play with your friends out at a bar. I mean, how many times have you had this debate about whether it be coaches or athletes or anything like that from movies and where they would exist in the real real world you know, <laughs> realm of things? And I, I'm sure that's kind of where you got the idea for this whole thing, right? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, at a bar drinking uh, some Jack Daniels, yes. Beautiful. 100%. Exactly. So this year, you've actually you've emailed me here the finalists for the athletes, and we have contributors. So before I, I, I rattle off the finalists and we kind of debate this kind of stuff, how many uh, between the finalists and uh, of the athletes and the contributors each get in? Like, what's the criteria here? Uh, from the athletes, uh, well, it's, we, I kind of try to mimic the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where it's a little bit more transparent than other than other halls. Okay. Where it goes down, you know, we have uh, three hundred that start, and then it goes down to. 50 semifinalists, and then paired to finalists. And just, uh, and as you know, Sean, it's not decided by myself or other people at the site. It's uh, all an online vote, right from right. beginning to end. Right, exactly. Okay, so I mean, that's that's what's really great about this, because everybody has to say it's not just you pumping it in there or you and your buddies pumping it in there and giving this. So the finalists you've given me here for the athletes, we had Al Bundy, Alex Moran, a- Apollo Creed, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, who... Let's be honest, this guy should be a shoo-in. Bobby Boucher, Charlie Conway, Danley LaRusso, Dean Youngblood, Dottie Hinson, Forrest Gump, Kenny Powers, Ricky Bobby, Shane Falco, Tim Riggins, and Willie Mays Hayes. This is, I mean, this is a huge list. This is almost like the 2014 NFL draft class of wide receivers. (laughs) I mean, all right, for starters, a couple things. Yes. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. I wonder if he gets hurt because the movie he starred in The Sandlot was more of a children's film. You know, kind of everybody's seen it. More of a kid's film, and nobody takes him serious. But he did end up making the major leagues after that big run on The Sandlot. Does Benny the Jet Rodriguez get hurt because of older voters not taking him serious? I think initially, yes. I mean, it's sort of the same issue that would would befall, like, the bad news bears from the generation before. Uh, when you when it's sort of like a child game and you're not actually seeing it in something tangible, I mean, we know he becomes a Los Angeles Dodger, right? And uh, it's, and it's implied that you know a pretty good one at that. But yeah, it's a, a lot of it's it, there's not exactly a tangible moment that you can really focus on Rodriguez in terms of his pro career or really even uh, you know his Sandlot career. Right. Well, that's a good point. He's playing with a bunch of scrubs. Number one, number two. I'd argue his pro career. In the one play that we get to see him in at the end, uh, when he's in a Los Angeles Dodger uniform, he comes in as a pinch runner. So, I mean, how good could he have been if he wasn't starting that game at that moment? It could have been depending on what what time, uh, like what part of his uh, career he was in. No, Kirk Gibson as a Dodger had a pretty good, memorable moment as a pinch hitter. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Now, in your in your time doing this, have you noticed that if you took part in a comedy, you get less love than more of a serious sports film? Like you have Ricky Bobby involved here, Kenny Powers, obviously, uh, even Bobby Boucher. Would those people get less of a look or those characters get less of a look because they were involved in comedies? Or in a weird way, do comedies help their cause if you follow the trend of the voters? Uh, I'd say it actually helps them because if I'm looking at those who have gotten in, uh, we've got representatives from Major League, uh, Caddyshack, uh, Slapshots. Right. So I, I would say, uh, actually, as I'm looking at those who've actually gotten in, I'd say it's almost skews more towards comedies. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a couple names that I think should be shoo-ins off this athlete's list, and you tell me, you know, before we do any kind of reveals, if I'm thinking along the same lines as the voters here. Number sure. one, I think Shane Falco has to be in. And the reason Shane Falco has to be in, he's the ultimate redemption story of a quarterback. He's a big-time college quarterback that ends up blowing it all in the Sugar Bowl, never gets a true look in the NFL, 
But when the strike happens in the movie The Replacement, he comes in and takes over. What were they, the Washington Generals? Was that their name? I forget. Uh, Sentinels. The Sentinels, that's right. The Washington Sentinels really leads them back. And then Shane Falco becomes has to be the only guy in NFL history to come into a game illegally after being on his boat on Thanksgiving night in the first half and not in the active roster, but come in and take his team to victory and take him to the playoffs in the second half. But he had a big arm. Uh, I mean, he had a way of communicating with a deaf tight end. I think Shane Falco has to be a lock. Your thoughts on Falco? Well, not only that, I mean, like, he must have had one hell of an Uber driver back then to get him from the, <laughs> like, just to get him to the stadium. I, I had no idea RFK was that close to the water. Not, and by the way, that close to the water, and it almost seems as if he's spending a warm night on the water, but yet that game's supposed to take place on Thanksgiving night, something I never understood in that movie. I think also, too, I mean, uh, he looked a little bit depressed. I think he probably had a few. Maybe that might have helped him because all of a sudden he he wasn't reading Blitz anymore. That's That's a great point. Also, another one for me has to be Charlie Conway. I mean, Charlie Conway, you watch his career evolve, and I think what Conway gets helped out by is it's a, he takes place in a movie. It's a trilogy, The Mighty Ducks. And you see him go from a kid on, you know, basically on the pond to later become playing for Team USA, then going to play for, a, you know, a high school. And, and all along, he's the ultimate leader, if, if nothing else for his talents, because you could argue he wasn't the best player on the Mighty Ducks team. His leadership, he might be the best leader of the group on here. Oh, absolutely. Although, mi- minus a few points, because, yeah, you and I could put together a team and beat Iceland. Well, fair enough, but that kind of shook you. Does Iceland just have a really good young team, and then they all go disperse and play for other countries? I mean, that part of the, that part of that movie, D2, made no sense. <laughs> no, it, that that has to be something. Well, it's right up there when we had uh, that World Cup of uh, hockey. Like, th- like, thank God Team Europe didn't win, because what, the fans in Switzerland were going to go wild for that one player they had? For, for sure, for sure. And another one on this list, I think, has to be a lock. First of all, I don't know. Going back on the on the movies, I don't know how many of the characters inducted are part of what could arguably be called the best movie of all time. I guess if you look at Rocky, maybe. But Forrest mm-hmm. Gump, Forrest yes. Forrest Gump for multiple reasons because Forrest Gump is a multi sport athlete. One of the, the best, only one, one of the best ping pong players in the world, and the ultimate kick returner at Alabama, making I believe. Uh, you know, what was he? Uh, well, why am I forgetting? All-American team. He was an All-American. Got to meet the president, right? Yes, yeah, he was. Uh, played under Bear Bryant. And, you know, he's also a sporting pioneer. He pretty much pioneered endurance running. That's right. Ran across the country. So, yes, yeah, so, so, for me, Forrest Gump's got to get in. And how many are getting in off this athlete's list total? Three. Three. So I went with Forrest Gump, Shane Falco, and Charlie Conway. <sighs> Benny the Jet Rodriguez, I think, would have to miss out for me. Al Bundy's a good look. Bobby Boucher, great linebacker. We don't know how his NFL career ended up developing. I was never a Willie Mays Hayes guy. I thought he was a bit of a hot dog. I would never. That would never be the jersey I would buy for Major League. And Ricky Bobby, I need to see more. The moment he faces a little, you know, basically challenge from the Frenchman, he he totally dumps out. Kenny Powers, ah, Dean Youngblood's a good look. My, my three here would have to be Forrest Gump, Shane Falco, and Charlie Conway. Do we want to reveal which way the voters went and have some debate here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're actually, uh, I'm going to say two for four. Two for four? Okay. Two for four, because I'm going to throw Benny back in there. Uh, so Benny Benny the Jet finished third. Okay, so Benny the Jet did make it. That would have been my fourth. He did make it. Okay. As I'm circling yeah. my paper here on radio and crinkling <laughs> it. Yeah, he just beat out, uh, and there was actually a big push to get uh, Tim Riggins in. Interesting. See, I didn't even consider Tim Riggins. 
I'm kind of shocked. And you know what? One thing I did overlook as you as you're making a push for Tim Riggins, I you know maybe this is sexist. Should I have given Dottie Hinson more of a look? Well, you know that's the other thing too. There hasn't been a female inducted. Uh, she's really been the closest, and realistically, she hasn't really come that. She didn't come that close. Uh, in the overall vote, she just finished uh, 13th. Oh wow! And, okay, and didn't really finish that well the years prior. But that's you know, if you want to go like a, in a premier female athlete, I mean, she, she won uh, Jim, Jimmy Dugan's respect. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. She did earn that. Now, I wonder, so there's no way for you to track, obviously, because this is all online voting, if they're male or female voters, right? Do you feel like this is more of a male-predominated website? Is that what Oh, it, def- it definitely is. I mean, I haven't tracked, actually, where all the votes are coming from, but I can track uh, from, ma- from male, female, gender. It, it's uh, 85 to 50. Okay, so see, that's where Dottie Hinson gets hurt. That's where Dottie Hinson gets hurt. Oh, I guess totally. That's, I guess that's true. I never have once witnessed my sister and my wife you know, at a bar at happy hour discussing the credentials of Dean Youngblood, uh, Dean Youngblood and the Hanson brothers from Slapshot. So I guess that's totally fair. Uh, okay, yeah, so we, and that, that definitely hurts her because that, that's such a great character. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now, you said Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. He got a late push but did not get in. He did not get in. He finished uh, fourth. Okay. Uh, so uh, Benny finishing uh, third. Uh, second is Charlie Conway. Okay, Charlie Conway did get the look. Yes, now, now that means... Because you told me I'm two for four. That means Forrest Gump got overlooked here as a multi-sport athlete? Unfortunately, yeah. He's a finalist three years in a row. Uh, this is probably going to be again in the fourth. I, I think what hurts Forrest Gump, and this is just sort of like my opinion, yes, he did all this wonderful stuff, but it's not a sports movie. You don't think of him as, as an athlete. Hmm. So you be, don't think so. Be, so and he, he's not even aware that he's an athlete. I, I guess that he's not. <laughs> that's messed up. It's not aware that he's an athlete, but he doesn't take away from his greatness. You know what I mean? To oh, be able I to do totally all of the things. I mean, just because he's a great shrimp boat captain, also, and you know, he's a great father to a woman who's probably died of AIDS, doesn't make him any less the athlete that he is. I know the movie encompassed everything, and it wasn't a sports movie, but I don't think he should be punished for that. And three straight years, this is like Chris Carter on the NFL ballot. This just isn't right. <laughs> I sort of felt that way about Marvin Harrison. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Takes these receivers to get in. We got to make a push for Forrest Gump next year. All right, who was number oh, one uh, on this sure. list? Uh, number one, uh, after finishing fifth last year and fourth the year before, is Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. I overlooked Apollo Creed. I often overlook boxing movies in general, and I shouldn't do that because they often make the great sports movies. I guess I could see that. You know, I got. Well, I got to be honest. Like, I'm not a big Rocky guy. So maybe that's why, with the personal thing, you know, personally went into this. But that makes sense. I would have put Forrest Gump in over, but I get it. Was Apollo Creed knocking on the door the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. So he finished in the top five. So just, uh, like, in the first year, he missed by two votes. Interesting. Interesting. Did Al Bundy, by the way, get get any looks here in the in the voting? He didn't. No, he did not. This is actually the worst performance he's ever done. He finished 14th. I wonder if Al Bundy is punished because so many people now watch his older version of himself in Modern Family on a, on a sitcom on ABC, and people are starting to lose touch of how great Al Bundy really was. It could very well be. I mean, uh, apparently Jay Pritchett was far better player. But <laughs> I haven't nominated him yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, now I know I'm going on and on about the athletes. i got to get into the contributors here. Sure. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm acting like a kid on Christmas morning because I find these debates amusing. Are you kidding me? This is my Christmas day. Okay, before I rattle, <laughs> before I rattle off the contributors, I just want to know, are we also putting in three contributors of this list? Uh, no, two. Two contributors because it, it looks like a little smaller list. 
Uh, Adrian yep. Balboa, Chubbs Peterson. I mean, who doesn't love Happy Gilmore? Gordon Bombay, great coach from the Mighty Ducks. Jerry Maguire, Jimmy Dugan. We were just talking about his connection with Dottie Hinson. Lou Brown, we mentioned Willie Mays Hayes a little while ago. Mi- Mickey Goldmill, Norman Dale, Ray Kinsella, the gopher from Caddyshack. Okay, so many ways I can go here. Now, you mentioned the comedies before. Chubbs Peterson here. Yes. I mean, the ultimate golf coach takes a hockey player or a wannabe hockey player and turns him into the driving golf king of the world but helps him learn how to putt, all the while doing this one-handed and have an alligator eating his wooden hand. He went through a lot of adversity as a coach. Yeah, and he missed really that opportunity of breaking uh, the color barrier in golf. Fair enough. You know what? That's another good point by you. The color barrier. Uh, the gopher from Caddyshack. Are there other animals involved here? Uh, he's, well, no, this is the first, well, it's the first time that anyone's become a finalist. I mean, there's been nominees for, uh, like, Air Bud did well one year. I've made it to the semis. But uh, this isn't even an animal. It's basically some hand off a puppet's butt. Right, good point. Good point. But always rising up the golf hole. Uh, very memorable part of, part of Caddyshack, obviously. Hey, without without the gopher, uh, half that half that plot doesn't happen. Can we get is Adrian Balboa going to go in the same year as Apollo Creed? Because that would mean the you know what I bet you I don't want you to reveal, but I bet you he does. If the Rocky voters were that high out, I'm going to assume he does. Now you don't have to tell uh, me uh, yes but, or not. But, but but I will tell you a little thing about this though. Okay, and this sort this sort of might uh, skew what you think. Uh, what also helps is and is, is we follow each other on Twitter, so. so you know, I'll sort of like mention nominees here and there. Right. And if if the actor's on Twitter, sometimes they'll actually mention that, and it might result in a push. Carl Weathers did retweet, although he's he's the master of the nonsensical retweet. All okay. he does is thanks, be peace. <laughs> well, at least that's an acknowledgement at the very least, right? It's It's something. I don't know what it is, but then I looked in his timeline, and pretty much you could pretty much tell Carl Weathers anything, like, Carl, I think you. I think you might be brain dead. Thanks, BPs. Wow, is he one of these people that follows like seven thousand people, but only has five thousand followers? Like his ratio is so off. I, you know what? I don't. Re- I don't recall. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's it's like that. But I. He just always says the same thing over and over again. Interesting. But hey, whatever. Hey, maybe He's cop- a follow. We can do whatever you want. He cop copy paste. Do whatever. Now, two ba- uh, Jerry Maguire, great agent. I mean, I, th- I feel like I'm just I'm, sc- I'm scratching over that. Show me the money. And two baseball managers here in Dugan and Lou Brown. You can't put two baseball managers in at the same time. All right, you know what? Give me, because we're already over, uh, you know, we're crunching in here. We're up against the clock. We have a couple more minutes to go here. Give me give me the two finalists, and I'll debate these. Uh, Chubbs Peterson, uh, again, probably. Well, he was always doing well. Okay. Regardless of uh, Carl's tweets. And Gordon Bombay, double inductee for Carl Weathers this year and for Mighty Ducks. Interesting. Great job by the Mighty Duck voters going out there. And much like Charlie Conway, Gordon Bombay coached his team. I mean, how many times he followed these kids around? Guy who originally didn't want to be a coach. All right, I don't mind that. Lou Brown, though, probably I think is the biggest, I would say, snub of this list. Did oh, he, totally. Did he Manager get, of the year, right? Exactly. So did he finish anywhere high enough here to get to be in tapping distance? Fifth. He finished fifth. Who was third? Mickey Goldmill. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Did Kinsella get any consideration? I finished sixth. Uh, the one thing I, I sort of found interesting, because it's only 10 in the finals. Okay. So Adrian Balboa did worse than the Gopher. Adrian Balboa did. Wow. How about that? Well, Adrian didn't support Rocky. He can't win. I mean, like I, I, I deduct points just for that. 
But still, you would you would think though, if if the Rocky voters are putting in Apollo Creed, you know, they're not going to hate everybody from their movies and just try to make sure everybody from their movies gets in. Yeah, but we're all we're all sports fans, right? I, I think we all want our athletes to be dating tens. It's <laughs> a great point, Kirk. That's a great point. All right, so Kirk, give me all the info. I want to know where our listeners can go for all this information, where they can track next year's finalists and, and that vote as it comes on. Because I mean, how long before you guys get right back on the clock and start looking ahead to next year? Oh, uh, right away. So next week we're just going to put up the opening round. Okay. So it goes right. So everyone who didn't make it in, plus uh, all the new uh, entries who we now deem worthy after some consideration. Now, uh, now, now, one more question for you before you talk about the new entrants. How mm-hmm. long does a movie or a TV show have to be out before one of their characters can move in? Uh, there's, there's no time limit. There's I mean, no time limit. So, like, of a sports movie, like, uh, you know, I forgot, I'm forgetting the movie now with Jake Gyllenhaal when he was the boxer. Um, yes. He was a great character. Like, would he be eligible if enough people, you know, deemed, if enough people it? support it? Yes. Uh, I mean, Kenny Power sort of uh, would have would be one that in sort of like the modern era. But I mean, like everything else, I mean, it takes time to sort of digest really what they mean. For sure. For sure. That makes sense. Okay. So starting next year. Okay. So give the listeners exactly where they go. I won't interrupt you here. Website, oh, Twitter, everything. We need to know the information. Right. So like everything is uh, not in Hall of Fame. And then there's a link to the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame. Okay. Which uh, our icon will be there. Twitter's also not in Hall of Fame. Uh, same with our Facebook page. And it's something that we just do as a labor of love. It's a lot of fun. We love doing it. And we just love the input that we get. Uh, a new entry, like a new nominee this year, based on online requests Anakin Skywalker, Pod Race. How about that? Okay, so there you go. If you guys have anybody, if you guys are listening out there, you loyal D aliens, if you have anybody out there you want to recommend, tweet at Not In Hall of Fame. Go to notinhalloffame.com. Get on next year's voting now because, as you see, when it gets down to the finalists here, the debates are endless. And then drag your friends into it. Have them tweet at them as well because the more the merrier involved here. And who doesn't want to talk about this over beers? Who doesn't want to talk about this coming up on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve when you're in your get-togethers? This is the ultimate conversation piece. And as far as I'm concerned, anything but politics in the election wins for me at this point. <laughs> I hear that. No Thanks so qu- much. No question. Kirk, thank you so much for your time, man, and, and good luck on the votes this year. Thanks so much, Sean. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week's PGP. So there you have it. NotInHallOfFame.com, at NotInHallOfFame. Everybody out there, happy holidays. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.